1: Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, what's the
2: longest travel day you've had? I think my longest travel day was probably when I tried to drive home from Chicago all in one day at the end of the Obama campaign. That was me, Shrum the Cat. Uh, I don't know. It felt like three days long, but it's the one that sticks in my memory.
1: Ooh, woof. I had one last Christmas. My husband and I made the decision to drive all the way from Los Angeles to Minneapolis and then to Pittsburgh and then back to Los Angeles. Um, And we had planned to take a kind of at a leisurely pace. But then a blizzard was moving into Los Angeles and we ended up up having to do three days worth of driving in one day. So we were 15 hours behind (sighs) the wheel trying to beat a blizzard. It was not ideal. Not ideal. Less than I do. Alyssa, this is a really fun episode. We say this about every episode, but this one is especially fun. We talk to Minnesota Senator Tina Smith, who we've wanted to talk to for quite some time, and she is a delight. She's an absolute delight. Minnesota's on it, and we are so excited for you to hear our conversation with Senator Tina Smith. Then we bring in a super panel, because it's more people than normal, super panel to talk about the Pratt Falls of traveling specifically over the holidays but also you know other times of the year so many pratfalls and some tips some tips and some petties and some pratfalls but all in all it's a really great holiday episode so if you're stuck in an airport or if you're sitting in you know your childhood den well there's a football game on tv sit back relax enjoy this episode And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria, the podcast where all hot dish are welcome. Our guest today is a senator from Minnesota. Before entering office, she was an executive at Planned Parenthood. Now she works on every progressive issue imaginable, from abortion rights and climate change to child care and tribal sovereignty. Two other important facts. She's hilarious on Twitter, and she loves candy. Senator Tina Smith, welcome to Hysteria.
3: Well, thank you. I'm really excited to be invited to join you all and looking forward to the conversation. It's it's
1: long overdue. We've wanted you on for a while. We're glad that it finally worked out. So let's get into talking a little bit about childcare. So this fall, Congress allowed a pandemic era program that provided grants to childcare providers to expire, leading to tens of thousands of childcare centers to be in danger of closing and by extension, throwing families across the country into chaos. There was just an article in the Washington Post today about what happened to one town when one daycare center closed. So Senator, what are you doing to try to keep us from falling all the way off the childcare cliff?
3: Well, the right way to describe this is a cliff. And it is exactly as you said, during the pandemic, we realized that if we didn't take action, that thousands of childcare providers around the country were just gonna collapse. And so we did. We said, let's put resources into those centers so that they can stay afloat and continue to provide care, even when there weren't a lot of kids in those centers because of the pandemic. It made a huge difference. But that dollars, all those dollars ran out as of September 30th of this year. And so what are we going to do now? I've joined am um, leading a group of senators that include Patty Murray and Tim Kaine and others to say, it is essential that we re-up that assistance so that we can stabilize those centers. Let's talk for a minute about what that money does. What it does is it fills the gap between the revenue that those child care centers bring in and how much it actually costs to provide quality care for our little babies. And that gap is like, pretty significant. It's why being in the child care business is not something that you do because you want to make a lot of money. It's something that you do because you know how necessary it is, how needed it is. Um, We don't have that done yet. It was great that President Biden said he wanted child care funding included in his supplemental domestic uh, priorities. Uh, But honestly, we're struggling to get support for it in Congress, though I know that there's a lot of support for it in small towns and big cities and suburbs in my home state of Minnesota.
2: So, Senator, you and other Democratic senators, as you just mentioned, are working to make families' lives easier. Why let's dig into it a little bit? Why is it so hard for the federal government to pass and enact popular, helpful, pro-family policies like expanding the child tax credit permanently, funding affordable child care, and finally getting paid leave in place? What is in the way?
3: Well, sometimes I feel that when I'm here in the, in the Senate that I'm living in some alternate reality, to tell you the truth. It's like there's a lot of my colleagues, particularly my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, the Republicans that are, it's like they're living in some world where the dad goes to work and the mom stays home and they have this sort of, leave it to beaver idea about how American families work. And that is just detached from reality. And I know they know that because they all go home and hear exactly the same things that I hear. And so I always say these policies are just as you, Leo, childcare, paid family and medical leave, um, um, the child tax credit. These are bipartisan policies outside the walls of this building. It's just when you get inside, you lose that. So I think that's one piece of it, but there's another piece of it, which is also that you get this thinking in this building sometimes that it's like a false sense of scarcity. It's like, that would be great, but we can't afford it. And so why is that? Well, it's because we gave some pretty big tax cuts to big companies and millionaires and billionaires back in 2017. And that means that like our expenses are going up and our revenues are not, and we... Can fix that by doing something really commonsensical, which is to make our tax system more fair. So um, it's interesting, you know, isn't it? I talk to my colleagues, Republican colleagues, um, you know, like, you know, like Katie Britt, for example, from Alabama, who's a mom. She's got teenage kids. And I know she um, she gets this, but like we have to find the political will um, across the board to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of like never changed to diaper energy among male <laughs> Republicans. I think.
3: Yeah, that's I know it. I know there's like there's just a lot of kind of very superficial understanding of these things, and um, and and then there's the other piece of it is like, what's your priority. Uh, you know, people will say, I get that that's a priority, but it's not my top priority. And then you can't make headway. But, you know, here's the thing that I keep looking at, which is that we showed during the pandemic when we had the child tax credit, when we had uh, the support for child care, what did we prove? We proved it works. We lowered child poverty by nearly 50 percent. And so there's not a question of whether these policies are a good idea or whether they work to get the results we want. Uh, we just have to find the will to make it permanent. Yeah.
1: Um, Senator, can you tell us a little bit about the work you've done to expand students' access
3: to mental health care? This is such an important thing to me. And, you know, I have have been very open about my own experience with depression when I was in college and then, when again, when I was a young mom because I wanted to try to break down the stigma that exists amongst adults around talking about mental health care. It's like brain health, body health. It's all one thing. What I've discovered from my many, many conversations with young people, high school age students and college students, is that that stigma for them is not as intense. They're more open to really talk about what they need and what what we need to do. Mm -hmm. And so with them in my hearts, I've done a lot of work to try to expand access to mental health care in schools, which is where young people are every single day, Uh, and if they can get at least walk through the door of getting help for anxiety or um, depression or finding a pathway to getting help for um, other kinds of mental health challenges, they're going to be so much better off. They're not going to experience so many of the barriers that would exist otherwise, transportation barriers, and how do you pay for it barriers. If my mom or dad are at working and can't take me barriers, uh, you can have a big impact. And there's some great examples of this working in schools that I've seen around Minnesota. It's just so common sense. Um, there's more we need to do, but that is a really important step.
2: Before you were in politics, as Erin mentioned in the intro, you worked for Planned Parenthood. What lessons from your time there do you think Democrats should internalize as we move into a federal election year when abortion is sure to be front and center? Are your fellow Democrats seeing you and others who have worked in the reproductive advocacy space as resources going into 2024?
3: Well, so um, I think the answer to that is yes. And what I learned from that experience, I was so blessed to have had the opportunity to work at Planned Parenthood. And what I learned from that is that for people who walk through the door of a Planned Parenthood clinic or any healthcare clinic, their reproductive health care is not a political issue. It's personal. It's it's like the most basic of things. Do I get to decide for myself, I'm going to make decisions about what's best for me and I don't need somebody else who doesn't have any idea what's happening in my life to try to tell me what to do. It's really pretty much that basic. And I saw people every single day walking through the doors of that clinic, women who had the capacity and the, um, the the everything they needed to be able to make those decisions for themselves. And so I try to share that with people and get them out of the idea that like somehow they have to second guess or judge uh, or make decisions for somebody whose lives and stories they'll never know. Mm-hmm.
1: Senator, what needs to happen in order for Democrats to hang on to the Senate next year?
3: Well, when you first look at the map, you see 23 Democrats that, or Democratic-held seats that are um, up. And that seems like a lot, and it can be a little overwhelming. But what I always say is if you break it down and you look at these seats, senator by senator, you can see a path forward to Democrats not only holding the Senate, but also um, potentially adding seats. And so let me just give you an example of what that means. You take a senator like John Tester in Montana. And this is a state that um, Donald Trump won um, with a pretty significant margin in um, in 2020. But here's John Tester, who is an independent guy, loved and respected by his state. He knows that state inside and out. He's got a bunch of really conservative Republicans trying to run against him. And he is doing everything he needs to do to be able to win. And, I you mean, know, one of my favorite things about John Tester has said, which I think kind of gets at that um, ethic, is um, he said, "I." he's running against a guy who's not a Montana and hasn't been there for that long. And he said, I've got farm implements who've been in Montana longer than my opponent. <laughs> I love that, right? Because just cutting through the bowl and just laying it right out there. And um, those, so, so we win because we've got such strong candidates who are known and trusted by uh, the voters of their state. They're going to run their own races and they're running against really conservative people that are out of step. In mean, Montana, another great example. Here's um, a state that has, um, The voters have passed um, referenda protecting abortion rights in a state that you think, oh, it's a red state. But no, it's a libertarian state. It's a state where people say, don't tread on me. Don't try to tell me what to do. And John Tester's on the right side of that
2: issue and his opponents will be on the wrong side. It's a clear choice. Okay, so, Senator, we're going to end with a truly serious question. St. Paul just got its first all female city council. You and Amy Klobuchar are arguably the best Senate delegation in all 50 states. How do you get the vibes? What's Minnesota's secret? (laughs) Well,
3: I just will point out that those, um, that all women city council in St. Paul, not only is it all women, but they are young, talented, uh, new leaders, leaders of color that are full of like great life experience. And also they are ready to tackle the big issues. And so I think that what is working in Minnesota is that we are creating opportunities for those kinds of grassroots leaders to move into elected office in a decisive way. And the their voters are ready for that. They want to see those uh, those those great leaders. So it's pretty exciting. And put on top of that, You have Minnesota Democratic governor, state House and state Senate that passed one of the most progressive uh, agendas that we've seen in this country. All the things we've been talking about, paid family leave, automatic voter registration at 18, protecting abortion rights, um, child tax credit, uh, child care um, support. It's pretty exciting what you can do when you put your mind to it.
1: Senator Tina Smith, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for the work that you do for the people of Minnesota and for the American people. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. When you come back, more hysteria. Hysteria is brought to you by Kariuma. Kariumas have long been our go-to sneakers because they're really comfortable. They go with everything and they're made with consciously sourced materials. I
2: love and wear my Keriuma sneakers all the time, including right now. And you know what I'm going to wear mine? When I'm cooking on Thanksgiving because they give me the little extra lift and support that I need to get me through the final phase of dishwashing that happens around 7 o'clock at night.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. You absolutely need lift and support. That is no time no time for impractical Hallmark holiday movies, stilettos, that the big city gal not. wears. Absolutely not. Last year, we collaborated with Kariuma to create no steps back sneakers, and we can't believe they have now designed a second limited edition collaboration with us:
2: the love it or leave it sneaker. These shoes have a colorful design with lots of Easter eggs. I mean, not Taylor Swift-level Easter eggs. We're not insane. Just fun stuff like Pundit on a surfboard. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from every pair sold is donated to VSA's Every Last Vote Fund. Our first Carioma collab sold out super fast, so if you want a pair for yourself or the Love It fan in your life, make sure to snag one now. They make the perfect gift for the holiday season with free returns. Just head to crooked.com store. That's crooked.com store.
4: The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's stay out of my swamp for Florida, stay out of my hole for Arizona, stay out of my prickly pear for Texas, and stay out of my strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop.
1: And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria, the podcast for people who believe there should be a federal law against being barefoot on airplanes, like there's a law against smoking. Alyssa, thoughts? Why didn't you get this passed? Obama should have his. F-
2: why didn't Obama do? You know this? why, Aaron there, there are certain things you don't need. You at, you don't think you actually need laws to tell people to not do. Uh huh. Okay. It, it's like just when, put you. Put your socks on at least. It's like when you get an iron and it's like, don't wear
1: clothes while you iron, and you're like, somebody ironed with clothes on. And that's <laughs> why someone
2: ironed with clothes on. But before and now, Mitt Romney
1: was doing it in that documentary about, <laughs> do you guys remember that? I think yes. of, it's my Roman Empire. I think about Mitt Romney ironing his clothes while he's wearing him, no. wearing them from that documentary about the 2012. But presidential it's gotta race. be
5: thick wool. Yeah. yeah, is that
6: something about like the the garments he's wearing?
1: I underneath? don't know, but he he was like it was like weirdly the moment where I was like I don't fully hate Mitt
2: Romney. <laughs> no, we were so like, glad that came out after the election. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it made him so likable. I'm so I was acc- like oh he's charming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do, I would
1: not mind sitting next to him on a long flight. No. I would. He not would mind. wear socks at he, least. He would a hundred percent wear socks, and he would ask you. If he was sitting in front of you, he would ask if it was okay to recline. Yes. Mm -hmm. He's got Mm -hmm. bad policy ideas, and I disagree with a lot of what he thinks, but I think he would be a courteous person when you shared space with him. Yeah. And that is a low bar to clear. (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk about travel today. Really excited about it. This is a special holiday week bonus episode. Uh, Thanksgiving week is a week where I think it's the busiest travel day of the year, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. and it's hell and yet people do it. It continues to be the most popular travel day of the year, mystifying to me. Um, but we're going to bring a panel together to share our horror stories, our tips, our tricks for traveling. At least it'll be cathartic if you're stuck in an airport while you're listening to this. Okay, so bringing in our panel, our first panelist is a New York Times bestselling author. Her latest book, Immortality, a Love Story, is out now. Dana Schwartz, welcome to Hysteria.
7: Thank you for having me. Every time you're here, I'm like, it's been too long. It's been too long. I miss you. i miss We are almost neighbors. I know. We're a neighborhood away. But in Los Angeles, that's a city away.
1: I know. I have to get in a car. I have to sit down. I have to put on a seatbelt. I have to drive. I, it's a lot. You know? And tra-
7: this is a busy travel season. Asking you <laughs> to do any more travel is, is
1: too much. I know. I feel like I'd be, it'd be quicker on bikes some days. <laughs> um, our next panelist is a comedian and the host of That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast, which will finish up its 2023 tour in Sacramento, New York, and Philly in December. Get your tickets. Kara Klink, welcome to
6: Hysteria. Hello, Aaron. Thank you for having me back so excited we live close here. to each other and I stop by whenever I want I know <laughs> I'm always like I'm outside are you home <laughs> we have like a pretty bonkers Halloween display and neighborhood children like to walk by oh, and, yes. and look at it Rosie like remembers specific things they have she's like where are the hands why aren't the hands moving so. yeah there's like hands that dig out of it the- we kept it up for an extra week
1: after wow. Halloween we didn't light it because I was like opportunity that's, for that's us. too much I know you could have you come by our final panelist is an Emmy nominated comedian Canadian who just taped her stand-up special, Assault on Comedy, in L.A. Coming soon to a streaming service near you, Kieran Deal, welcome to Hysteria.
5: Hello. So glad to have you back. I know, here we are. We're in person. We're in person? Just touching yeah. Kara. Weird. <laughs> Be weird.
4: We all travel to get
1: here. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's talk about travel, horror stories, tips, whatever. Um, Alyssa, are you traveling for Thanksgiving this year? No. Not? You're not no, traveling I've, at all? Not even going to I've a different house? S-
2: oh, I am going to a different house. I will be going to my parents' house. I'm in charge of the sweet potatoes uh, and setting the table. And yes, it doesn't get any different as you get older. Wait, this <laughs> is
7: very important to me. Are your sweet potatoes, is it like a casserole form and are we doing like nuts or marshmallows on top?
2: Okay, so... Dana, they are. I bake the sweet potatoes, Love and then I do a little bit of butter. I do one egg. I do some lemon zest and a little brown sugar. Mm-hmm. That is my bake ideal it, Sweet potato. Bake it, and then when I take it down to my parents' house, I put marshmallows on top and Ooh. give them a little, give them a little toasty, roasty. That oh. sounds unbelievable. That sounds perfect. I'm I made hungry. it
1: up. I'm hungry. Thank you. I can't eat now. I can't eat for like two hours because we're recording and now I'm hungry. Thank you very much. Uh, Dana, do you travel for Thanksgiving?
7: I do. Uh, so my family is in Chicago. I used to always go back for Chicago to Chicago, but my husband's family is in Portland. And so this is the first year I'm ever not like, go- I'm going to someone else's family for Thanksgiving. Last year was the Chicago year. This year's a Portland year. Oh, wow. So you're going to
1: switch off every year and you're never going to have Thanksgiving at your your real house.
7: Well, neither of our families are here, so it would be a very lonely Thanksgiving. That makes sense.
1: I feel when I think of Chicago around Thanksgiving, I think of planes, trains, and automobiles. It's
7: it's so yes, John definitely. Hughes core. My town, like where I grew up, a lot of John Hughes stuff was filmed. So like the Cameron's like weird ravine house from Ferris Bueller's in my town. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's all, it's all very John Hughes coming home for Christmas, coming home for Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know what Portland is like for Thanksgiving, but I will find out.
5: Did you drive a Ferrari through your <laughs> glass home window? It was me. I
7: actually grew up with uh, access to a Ferrari. And Wait, a, did you a guys large glass. hear though
6: that the actor that plays Cameron just drove his Rivian through like a pizza place? Uh, he did in, in uh, Los Angeles on Halloween. Yeah. He did it. He drove his truck yeah. into and it was just like the comments were just fair. Oh, that was festive of him. Like his dad's gonna <laughs> kill him. <Yeah. laughs> was it for fun or what was? I, I feel like people were acting like the car malfunctioned, but. I don't know. I actually don't know the rest of the story. I mean,
1: people drive around there all the time, yeah. and
6: he's the first one
1: to crash his truck into a pizza, <laughs> place. A pizza place. So if the car malfunction, that's a very rare malfunction. <laughs> um, yeah, super weird. Also, he ended up playing um, uh, libertarian weirdo in Succession. Yeah, yeah, we're so, proud of him. Yeah, he's. I, I like to imagine that the characters exist in the same <laughs> reality. Like Ferris Bueller in Succession are both like in the same
5: you know, the universe.
1: Um, (laughs) Kieran, are you traveling for Thanksgiving?
5: No, I think people are coming here. The one thing I will say about this is because a lot of people don't have enough time off for the holidays. So that's the, like, that's why I get so busy. It's like, there's so little, it's weird to come. Like, I was in uh, Europe for like, you know, a couple months and and they get a lot more time off in general. Mm -hmm. So the reason you have these shit show, uh, airport blockage bullshit Nonsense is because everyone needs more time off. Yeah. yeah. We
7: all have to go Wednesday.
5: Yeah. It's like if you only have Wednesday and to Sunday or mm. whatever it is, and you get that whatever, t- and plus the other week and a half that you get, yeah, of course everyone's going to go travel. I sympathize with you, people.
1: Well, Kara, you have like two kids. Yeah, not like two kids. You have <laughs> like literally two kids. Literally
6: <laughs> two children. Um, are you? Do you travel for Thanksgiving or do you stick around? Hell no, no. We don't ever travel for Thanksgiving. That's too small of a window for me, and I'm not doing it. And I don't care about Thanksgiving enough. Like, I just—it's not for me. We—for Christmas holidays, we do every other year, staying in L.A. and traveling. Mm -hmm. This is a travel year, so I'm stealing myself. So we are traveling for the Christmas holidays. But Thanksgiving, we usually do it with friends— this year, all of our friends are going out of town, and so we are going to a steakhouse in Beverly Hills. <laughs>
4: <gasps> We're just That's eating out. Amazing. I don't,
6: I'm a vegetarian, so I'm not going to, like, make a turkey. But the sides, steakhouse and sides. And the sides. at steakhouses mm. are great. Like, my kids will have the mac and cheese and some mashed potatoes or whatever.
1: That's amazing. And, yeah,
6: my brother is coming into town because he's en route to Japan, so he's okay. stopping for Thanksgiving. So I'll have, like, one family member, and it'll be small and chill. But, yeah, Thanksgiving, I'm— I cannot be moved to travel on Thanksgiving.
1: I don't do it either, and that's because I am kind of a, like, jerk about being inconvenienced (laughs) too much. Like, I live halfway across the country. It is massively expensive for me to travel to, like, a small airport on a very busy weekend, and I just, like, I refuse to be treated like an animal. Like, airlines treat you like an animal, and I'm not going to do it. The holiday is not worth it. I will come out for a random weekend in March— and we'll have like a nice dinner then but like i i feel like part of thanksgiving is like buying into the, like a lie that you ha- you all have to travel now and you all have to spend all this money now and it like dri- like the lie making us travel and pressuring us to be somewhere like fuels our economy which i i kind of <laughs> i kind of don't like um and then also thanksgiving week where i grew up is uh deer season yeah oh yeah <laughs> and um it's gross it's a real gross time uh, everything smells like blood. Ew. Uh, there are carcasses everywhere. Like, if you're driving, if you drive into town, you stop at the gas station or you stop at, I don't know, the coffee shop, the bakery. Um, there's just trucks with like deer carcasses just laid out in the back.
2: Aaron, I gotta tell you, one of my worst travel experiences was returning up to Vermont after Thanksgiving in the early 90s when there was a crash of cars. With deer carcasses going into the toll booth on, I- on I-87. Oh, my God. And so Aaron, specific. it was just deer. I remember it. It was so traumatizing. There was just deer carcass all over. You could, You literally couldn't get to the toll booth. Oh it was so God. fucking gross. Oh, so my yes, God. So, yes, I feel you. Same. Same. Someone hit a,
6: a deer. I'm from Connecticut. Very heavy. I've hit three deer with my car. Um... Someone hit a deer in front of my house and my dad strung it up in our backyard <gasps> oh, yeah, for that's a three stop. days and goes I'm going to I'm going to dress this deer. I go you don't know how to do that. <laughs> I mean I didn't say that cuz I was like 13 so he like left it there until it like rotted and I was and just he like never got around to it. I was oh, so God. gross. Um where I, where I grew
1: up if you hit a deer and the and the deer isn't too damaged like you you, like, call your neighbor, call someone who lives nearby, and you're like, look, I just hit this deer, and they'll come and, like— Go grab it. Yeah, they'll grab
5: it. Damn. I got to call this. Is this a travel talk or deer talk? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, what the fuck is going on?
1: <laughs> nice. The deer thing is part of the reason I don't travel for Thanksgiving. If it, were, it was, like, a pleasant time to be grow, back. yeah.
7: I will say, in defense of Thanksgiving, I'm a Jewish person. My family doesn't do Christmas. Thanksgiving is our big— Family, family holiday. Family holiday, yeah. Where it's like, if— I mean, this is truly the first Thanksgiving I won't be with my family since COVID. Uh I mean, with the exception of COVID, I have been with my family for Thanksgiving every year because that is our fall holiday. Uh
1: That makes sense. I mean, like Christmas is much bigger for us. And so traveling a month before Christmas in a much less pleasant context is like so not worth it like almost makes me mad that people would even expect me to do it. I
7: know I'm mad that the people who are going home for Christmas, I'm like, just wait, I need this one. (laughs) Sure. Yeah.
5: That makes sense.
7: It feels like it is an either or.
5: It feels like an either-or.
6: And to be clear, I am a Jew who is who celebrates a cultural Christmas. (laughs)
7: Yeah. I I won't fly home for in December for all of the aforementioned reasons. It's too soon after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um,
1: Alyssa, what's your do you have any like travel nightmares? Doesn't need to be holiday travel, just
2: what's your worst travel story? My worst travel memory for all the youth who listen before there was the internet. um, We were taking a trip as a family and it was in the middle of winter, it was like February, and like it had started snowing and there. I mean, we were like, okay, it's snowing a little bit. We ended up driving from upstate New York down to Newark in a blizzard as we are all buckled into, I think it must have been the Ford Taurus station wagon back then, (laughs) there was another car that turned the wrong way and was coming at us on the highway. Like it was in the wrong lane. It was so scary, and my my sister and I are in the back seat. We're like, "Oh my god!" My dad's like, "Everyone, be silent! Everyone, be silent!" Ah. We get to the airport. <laughs> we get to the airport as the airport closes. <gasps> Oh. Everything. It turns out to be this epic blizzard. Everyone is trapped. We see my friend on like local New York one or whatever it was with his parents and his surfboard because they were on their way to Hawaii. Like with oh. his surfboard, like dr- like dragging it across some shutdown road. We have no idea what highway it was. But we're like we think <laughs> that's Sean. And I you think know we that, the-, the
7: the news person saw a kid with a surfboard and was like, "Get that get, shot, get that guy." 100. <laughs> it was
2: perfect, and we knew it was him. And I think that we slept on the floor of the airport with some—I can't remember. I asked my sister. I can't remember who it was. Some famous actor, I think, from One Life to Live. Um, for like 36 hours, I think we slept in the <gasps> in the uh, airport, and then we finally like a plane to here, a plane to there. We finally got where we were going. But that was like my most traumatic, like my most traumatic memory of travel. Was Did you actually starting off? You slept for 36 hours? We, I mean, we, we were like, you know, like, think about it. There was no iPads. I think we had brought, you know, some Beverly Cleary books with us and <laughs> we just sat there and, every, and you ate Pizza Hut, right? That's what the airport had back then. Love so you Pizza had Hut. like, and they had to ration because there was no food coming into the airport because oh my of the god. snow. So that was my, oh uh, my, god! that was my, I have other travel stories where I actually messed up and that, and it was kind of my fault why it was a disaster. But that was the one purely out of our hands. <laughs> oh my
1: God. Yeah. God didn't want you to go on that trip. No. No, It's like you're staying back. Dana, what's your biggest travel horror story? And sorry if I'm bringing – everybody's making faces like they're remembering like the Mm -hmm. the awfulness of bad travel.
7: I – that is a nightmare to me. That is genuinely a nightmare, and I I can't remember. I don't think I've ever had an experience even close to that bad. I'm an over-planner with traveling. I'm just like I plan everything. I confirm everything. I have multiple spreadsheets and Google Docs. Um, so if a disaster happens, I I f- have failed at some point. What is if- <laughs> in the spreadsheets? Um, confirmation uh, numbers, phone numbers of like the people I made the reservations with. Just your like, airport
3: everything. dad. I mean, I'm an
7: airport. You're dad. airport dad. Recently, though, I was flying from a tiny, tiny airport in Cornwall, in England, like an airport with like three runways total, and th- I had a layover in. Uh, Dublin, and the layover was only like an hour and forty minutes, and then my flight was delayed, and then it kept being delayed to the point where I'm like, okay, my now I have a twenty minute layover if, for an international airport, and eventually, literally sprinting through the airport with people being like, run. Run like at the airport, they knew that our plane was coming, and there were like six you know, 40 of us who needed to like get to that transfer. And we were sprinting through the airport. But of course, my checked bag didn't make it. Uh. Um and I I my transfer was to Chicago, like I wasn't going home. Like I needed my things because I wasn't home. Um, but I had an air tag in my uh suitcase. And so even though my bag was delayed and they kept saying, We'll deliver it, we'll deliver it, it was like three four days and my bag still hadn't come and I kept like calling the airline being like I need my bag. I'm you know leaving eventually I need it and the air tag showed that it was at the airport. even though the airport people were like it's with our delivery company, it's a separate company, it's out of our hands. I drove to O'Hare Airport with us with my air tag and went to a desk and said it is here. I need my bag. And they brought me, they, like, unlocked a room, and they found it. <gasps> and I got my bag and drove home. Oh, my, oh my God. God. That is, oh, that
1: is a nightmare. Put
7: an air tag in your bags, people.
1: Yeah, oh. that's my oh tip. Oh, my gosh, that's great. Great tip. Kieran. Travel horror stories. What is an AirTag?
7: It is um, a thing for stalkers and creeps to use to, to harass women, I think. Yeah, but it's also like, like, you know, a, like,
1: controlling spouses. Just like yeah. a little
7: jeep, like GPS, GPS tracker thing. that you can tracker, get for Apple yeah. for $80. But I, it's
1: great for, like, if you're moving, if you hire a moving company to, to, like, put it in your stuff so you know, like, if you use, like, a, a pod thing or whatever, you can know where your stuff is. Uh, if you use, like, you know, uh, if you— Ship a car across the country.
7: Put an air tag in there. You can keep track of it. And if you have a connecting flight, yeah. you will know uh, yeah, right. whether your bag made it on the plane or not. And this you will be in Chicago, being like, "My bag is in Dublin."
5: This assumes that you have a lot of nice things. <laughs> I'm w- I'm willing to let it almost anything burn. Quite <laughs> <laughs> frankly, I have it. Don't. Who cares? I remember <laughs> once. I do remember there was an arsonist in my neighborhood during COVID because. Okay. I mean, he we, was bored. There yeah. was a lot of random arson during there
1: was, COVID. There yeah. was hella there arson. There was yeah. trying to Ar- have some fun. We, <laughs> it was, we all lost our minds. We literally, yeah. and, and I think a, a certain number of people have an arsonist <laughs> deep down in them, and it takes something like COVID to bring it out, you know? well, In defense of arsonists. Yes. <laughs>
5: I know.
7: I was not this expecting... a connection to, to trackers?
5: Well, it, it's going to. It's yeah. going to have a connection to things. Um, I said I, you know, let it yeah. burn. And then it reminded me, because this is... So in the place right next my apartment's my apartment's there's a gate and the garage right opposite it, right? That burned down. Okay. That was the thing that burned. And the firefighters came and it was very impressive to watch them. But my house was very close, very close to that thing. And I remember kind of stepping outside, my car's there, and I'm like watching it. And I'm like, huh. And I was like, well, I have my laptop and I have my passport. Yeah, fine. Whatever. It's going to be what it is. And someone else runs out. They move their car. They do a whole thing. They move the car. So, so the car is safe. It didn't even occur to me to move the car, which I think is very funny. And then I went to England for several months. Arsonist strikes again. Gate melts. That guy's car gets fucked up. Oh, my car's fine. Oh, my car is totally fine. I was like, huh, look at that. Uh, house didn't burn i love my stuff i'm like that's
7: a very i feel like a peaceful and zen existence, and i'm i love my stuff so much i want to be buried with it (laughs) like that's the most american thing i've ever heard you say
5: (laughs) well karen have you ever had like a a nightmare travel situation yeah the one that i think was like the scary i I definitely i travel a lot for stand-up which i'm sure karen can relate to so it's like Uh, (laughs) this made me laugh because this is in America. It was like, I remember one time I was supposed to go on a flight to Boston, kept getting delayed. So we had to go back to the airport like six times in order to make this thing. (sighs) But one time they were like, yeah, man, the pilot's just too tired. And I was like, yeah, man, we should go home. (laughs) Like a job I don't want somebody doing too tired is. Let's uh, call it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, let's call it. Like (laughs) you take, take a nap, sis. You do you. Don't fly. Don't. You don't need to overwork. Right. Like this isn't fucking Google. Like just <laughs> keep us alive. We want to get to the destination in one place. But the one that was the 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 scariest travel story was um I was in India and I was, uh, I got a ticket where you can stop off at different places. And I had an aunt who said this to me and she's like, I cannot, she's German. She, and she's like, I cannot believe that this is the story you tell and remember about me. But, <laughs> but before we were going travel, like I went backpacking in Europe with my cousin. And before we went, she goes, okay, girls, just remember, it was during college. She goes, just remember, if if things ever get too bad, you just take out your credit card you, like, walk into a nice hotel and you just put the credit card down and then you deal with it in the morning is what she said. Uh-huh. And it's, like, it's a very, like, reassuring – and she's, like, this makes me sound like such a bitch. And I was, like, <laughs> it's, like, a rich bitch. But I was, like, it is a very reassuring thought that it's, like, wherever you are in the world, you have a credit card. If things get scary or shady, you, you put the credit card down and you walk into a nice place at night, you put the credit card down – you figure it out when there's daylight and you'll be okay. So I'm on a train track in India at midnight where all of the all of the uh, hotels are closed. Oof. Every hotel is closed. It's a small town and my ticket is for the wrong day <sighs> oh, no. to catch the layover in that city. Um, and I was freaking out because they don't let you on the train. I was like truly panicking because I was like, where am I going to sleep? Like where, like I can't stay on this, you know. There's no, it's and it's a ghost town kind of vibe because mm. it's so small. Felt very unsafe, very, you know. I look, I love, I love Alyssa's face during this. She's like, "Tell me," <laughs> um, right. and and then I remember, and then on this the the third class sleeper train because they have these like classes. There were these like three dudes sitting there, and they're like, "Hey, man." this is in Hindi, but they were basically like, hey, man, relax. And they gave me like this little glass of like hot almond milk. And they're like, it's okay. You can sit with us. You Aww. can sit with us. And so it was like, they all like scooted over and gave me like half their bench so Aww. that I could get, uh, so I could get to Delhi, and they were so nice. And I was like, oh, people, people help people sometimes. It's very sweet. Wow. Oh, wow. A travel nightmare turned into a travel dream. Was, I wouldn't, say like was a really dream. Nice. I wouldn't say it was a dream. I wouldn't say it was a dream,
6: but a, a, nice, story, an a, nice, um, a nice, a nice, a nice, a nice, yeah, like a fairy tale of people being nice. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, a nice people fairy tale. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Kara, how about you? Oh gosh. Well, you know, you mentioned I have two kids, so. Truly, any traveling for me now when they're not with me is a dream. Like, I (laughs) just—I'll be going to the most bullshit little airport. I'll have three layovers. I'll be like, whatever. My kids aren't here. (laughs) I can read a magazine. I can watch a movie. Like, this is the best. But recently, last Valentine's Day, my husband and I got booked to do a stand-up show together, like a couple's show in Aspen. And, you know, it was—we were like, okay, we got a babysitter for our kids overnight, which is difficult. And, you know, we don't have family here, so we have to pay for it. And— when we get on the plane, we get this, like, captain that goes, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think we're going to Denver. I don't think we're going to land in Aspen. Like, that's my job. I land in Aspen. It's not happening today. There's snow. Not going to happen. I was oh, like, God. cool. So I, like, quickly rent a car before we take off. We get. We do end up getting diverted to Denver. I have to white-knuckle it th- through three and a half hours through the Rockies to get to Aspen. Oof. So we make the show. We're, like, 20 minutes late. We do the show. We go to sleep. We're like, great. We'll just get out of here in the morning. And then that night people had said— you know, no planes came in today, so it might be hard for you to get out tomorrow. <laughs> oh! and I was like, oh, whatever. We haven't heard anything from Delta, so we're probably fine. And we wake up in the morning. Flight's canceled. We have to drive all the way back to Denver. Then when we get to Denver, delays, delays, delays. We're on the plane. They We keep getting messages while we're on the plane. And there's like one man, you know, there's always like one guy on every flight who's like, it's only happening to him. <laughs> and he just keeps getting the flight text going like swearing and screaming. And I'm like, sir, like everyone on the plane is getting the same texts that were delayed. Finally, they go... Um, I'm sorry, you guys all have to get off the plane now. At this point, the crew is overworked, like they're over their time, uh, and so we were like, "What?" So we have to sleep over at the Denver Airport while construction is going on. So I just sleep place is on a bench. Also. It's a cursed airport. Yeah. It's like supposedly run by the Illuminati, and there's lizard people living under it, or whatever. Yeah. And but plus like, That evil, cool. wh- that evil yeah. horse? And, yeah, yeah. The horse. And so, like, what horse? There's like an e- there's demon a, horse. There's statue. like a stag kind of outside of the Denver rearing. Airport. It's,
1: yeah. Google Denver Airport. Curse after the show, yeah. and you
5: will have a whole day of
1: joyful rabbit holing
5: between this and the deer story. I'm like, I am with white people. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, My god, but we just had to sleep there while jackhammers went off for five hours. We got on the first flight out, but like we had to get someone to stay an extra night with our kids, Like it was the worst. <sighs> oh, you know, that's rough.
1: Um, I've got a few real bad ones. Uh, I have just a kind of standard delay, delay, delay situation. I was in Puerto Rico. This was, like, many years, maybe nine or ten years ago. I was with an ex-boyfriend. Um, he had just gotten a job writing for a late-night show. And so, like, they have very specific times that they're off and very specific times. Like, you don't get to take days off unless you're, like, literally in the hospital. and But they do get, like, two-week breaks every, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, on intervals. And so when he was, like, on a break, it was, like— that's when we can do something like go away. We don't have any other option. Anyway, so we were in Puerto Rico, and we were going to fly back to, uh, to New York— and there was a blizzard like all up and down the East Coast. I think I
6: was there at the same time. Were you in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Was it New Year's? It was New Year's. Yes. I was in Puerto Rico in 2013. Yes. New so Year's. So was I. And we had to stay two extra days. So did And we. Jared was like, my husband is like a swamp person, like so light, like so fair, like doesn't really like the sun, and he just was like, I gotta get out of here. like yeah. He couldn't stand <laughs> being in Puerto Rico anymore. He was just in the room playing games on his phone and I was like at the pool like, okay, two extra days in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I know. I was kind of excited about it. We were on the West coast of Puerto Rico um and we had
1: originally had a flight that flew to San Juan but they canceled that flight to San Juan so we were like no we're going to rent a car because it's very important that we get to that we get out of here yeah and i think so, it was a
6: polar vortex yes, it was one of like those yeah. huge things
1: yeah yeah and so we rented a car drove we rented the last car drove to San Juan got there and they're like ah oh, we can get you to DC and so we were like trying to figure out if we could Rent a car from D.C. And meanwhile, I'm like, I'm not really that desperate to get home. Yeah. But he—anyway, it, any, it was, like, just very tense. We ended up spending a day in the airport and then just getting a hotel, and we were about to go to bed, and we got a text. It's like, you're on a plane that's leaving at 2 a.m., <laughs> So, oh my God. yeah, we did get back to New York, but it was horrible. It was, like, 24 hours of no sleep. And the San Juan Airport is designed in a way that is hostile. Like, there is no—like, <laughs> the, the the benches have, like, bars between each individual butt area of seating, so you can't lie down on the benches. The floors do not have carpeting. There's only, like, a couple little areas that have, like, carpeting, so you could lie down not on tile. It was— an egregious place. It was like a bus station. I mean, it's I very, it's very clean. It's very clean. It's very modern. But it's a bus station. And, like, it was it was just not great. And then my other bad travel story was I was in Nepal. And Nepal is not a place with a ton of great travel infrastructure, understandably. As Karen knows, she spent a lot of time there. Um, it was—I uh, was in a town called Johnson at the end of the Annapurna Trail. And there's an airport in Johnson and, like, regular flights that take off. In order to get from Johnson back to kind of like civilization like Pokhara or Kathmandu, you have to like either take a flight that's like an hour that just kind of hops over Annapurna or you have to take a jeep which costs like almost as much as a plane, and it takes eight hours, and you have to drive drive around the mountains. And I had a plane ticket, but they canceled all the planes for the day because there were clouds over the mountains. And at the time, I was like, what? Why can't you just fly over the mountains? But apparently people crash into the mountains all the time when there's clouds. You shouldn't fuck with that. Anyway, I ended up having to take a Jeep, and the roads um, are very, like, not... They're not smooth. You know, they don't need to be. There's not a lot of people traveling on the roads. The roads were so bumpy and the Jeep suspension was, like, so bad that I had to travel with my, like, hands holding my boobs. I was wearing a sports (gasps) bra. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it was, like, the jostling was so intense that it was, like— Boom, boom, boom. And so I just had to ride like this, sandwiched in between two extremely crabby German girls who were so mad that we had to be on a Jeep. Ooh, manual
6: sports bra, that's tough. Yeah, it
1: was so, <laughs> I like, it was so bad. I like have I still have like I still think about it sometimes was like what a ter- It was seven hours of oh this. Oh my gosh. Seven hours of that. Um but we did make it to Pakar and it was, it was fine. But it was just like a very long, long long travel day uh, but I'm glad we didn't fly into the mountains that would have been
5: probably not great one of my favorites in Nepal was like cause I don't even think I mean I didn't count it it's like yeah I mean it's fucking it's, crazy yeah. it's nuts it's, it's Nepal it's like what do you want like the, but we went like I was in in a jeep one time to go to like we were meeting like the rebel soldiers right cause I made a doc before I was a stand up comedian I was a documentary filmmaker yeah, yeah. which is what everyone wants to hear from their stand up comedian <laughs> um, and and uh we're in, and on the—so the roads are, like, you know, they're they're not totally paved. They're dirt, right? Because it's like people aren't going on those roads to meet those rebel soldiers. So they're really not very well frequented, and there's rain. So this road had become very muddy, and it's on the side of a mountain. Oh and it's God. a guy, you know, a guy is driving it, and I'm with, like— couple like Nepali people, one girl who's going to like translate to get over this and we can't get through the side of this thing and he keeps backing up and then like revving the engine and like, go. and I, I think I it's amazing to me how willing I am to just completely put my life into someone else's hands because it is very possible that he could, and we all were kind of like aware of it, but I was like, no, it seems fine this guy, he this, knows this guy's doing. good this guy, this guy knows, this guy knows oh, the thing yeah. this guy knows the
1: thing. I remember one time we were, it was the same trip, there was like a really long backup of cars and uh, all the men were like getting out of the cars to like go to the front (laughs) of the traffic to see what it was, which of course was making the traffic worse. But what it was was two trucks that couldn't, they were trying to, to like meet going opposite directions around a corner and they couldn't do it but they got so close and then every car be- got really close behind them so they could so back couldn't up back oh up. my god and um and then so like you know eventually I could kind of like see the original like sin of the traffic jam and eventually the two doors of the trucks open and the two truck drivers got out and they could not have been more than 11 years old both <laughs> of them they were children and then eventually we all had to like every car had to back up so that the trucks could go, er, er, er. like in Austin oh Powers, that like seventy-five point turn, um, that was that was pretty crazy too. Um, yeah, Nepal travel is like a different different thing. Um, Alyssa, if you're traveling mm. into a like hairy situation, so like a busy travel weekend, notoriously yeah. awful airport, notori- whatever, how what are your like personal rules for planning yeah. so that you don't experience a disaster?
2: couple things. One, you're never cutting it close. You are never cutting it close. This is not the time of year to be like, oh, my flight's in an hour and a half. I'll get there right in time to board. No. Allow yourself plenty of time. Do not check a bag. Don't check a bag. And the last thing that is the most important I think noise-canceling headphones, not earbuds, headphones, the kind that don't need to be charged. You can just sit there because the one thing I have noticed maybe it's just me getting older, entirely plausible. Everyone is so loud to me. It's like everyone is so loud. Like, why oh can't God. you have personal conversations? People just sit like absolute barbarians listening to their iPhone with no earbuds on. And they're just like, <laughs> you're, you're like in, involved in whatever stupid thing it is they're watching. So as long as I can like shut off the world, I can have all of my things right in front of me. I've let nothing out of my sight. Also, I mean, probably bring a granola bar or something just in case. But for the most part, noise-canceling headphones and not checking a bag and not rushing are my, like, three keys to success. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay, Dana, how about you?
7: I'm right there with Alyssa on the on the not playing it close. I like a good—I'm an airport dad. I like a good two hours yes, minimum. Yes, ma'am. And I— um yeah, I don't like being physically in any state of physical discomfort for even a moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I do, I like if I'm oh, traveling. Are you alive, I really, I overplan. I really, I go. You're through Kim everything.
6: Cattrall. You don't want to be in a I, I, position for more a, than a, a minute second. where you're having not enjoying yourself. Exactly, and so
7: I will. Pack my bag. I will have enough snacks so that hypothetically, if I'm like stuck on a runway for 10 hours, I won't even be a minute of hunger. <laughs> I have so many granola bars, um, external chargers, like just plan everything the night before. I'm a very good
5: packer. Do you enjoy mm-hmm. the planning yeah. though? Because well, that's the Kim Cattrall's having a nice time, but all this planning sounds very no, bad. I, I do No, the it planning makes, makes me feel, feel good. Because I, I, I feel do. in
6: control. <laughs> exactly.
7: I I if I'm like and also uh, my pro tip is if you can afford it, and you can, flying out of Burbank rather than LAX. Oh my yeah. god! If they went anywhere I had to go, I yeah. would love it. It's the best. They go to Portland, Burbank. You like is, land
6: and you just get into your car immediately. You're there. You're home. It's like I'm amazing. home.
7: It lets me off at my front door. Yeah. It's yeah, so good. The airplane actually drops yeah, you off. It drops me home. off. It's yeah. really nice. Well, that's
1: in Minneapolis. There are two terminals, and if you land in Terminal Two, the smaller one, it is like Burbank sized. So like you can
6: just—I was just there, but I was at the big one. Oh, uh, <laughs> the little—the
1: little one is a dream. It's like landing in Madison, Wisconsin, yeah. which is uh. just like—it's so, so small. You get—you get there, you just—it's like there's so many checkpoints, and there's only like two people in line. You get there, and it's just like so nice. But yeah, unfortunately,
5: you can't really control which terminal you land at, and yeah, it's—it's it's really a heads or tails. <laughs> thing. Um, I like to treat an airport like a gym. I like to treat it like a workout so I would say I, you know it's like I had an uncle who's traveled the world and it was so fun to, to watch him travel because it's like getting dropped off that's where he's getting his exercise he's fucking running through the airport <laughs> he's doing it he's missing flights huh? it doesn't matter and this cunt can sleep anywhere <laughs> it is I actually think you just need to be able to sleep anywhere and like be ready for an adventure do you know what I mean go out this go out on the these streets this is like making me
6: have a summer Gig. I know, and it's like,
5: when I'm, but when I'm listening to you, I'm like both of you. I'm just like cringing. Do you know what I mean? I'm like cringing in my like. You're like, I have to control things, and I was like, you're gonna die. Like,
6: do I you know to you're
7: gonna things. die?
6: Like it's still gonna yeah, happen but to you. Honestly, like I avoid a lot of problems by really planning ahead. I, layers.
7: I don't. I love layers. I don't like to be cold. Like once like you start traveling hot. with kids, There's two you gotta of them bring, in my
6: ears now, guys. I want you. You got to gotta know bring extra clothes for you. You got to bring extra clothes for the kids because the kids gonna barf all over themselves. They're gonna barf all over you. Like you, if. My maybe. planning ahead has saved me many I'm times. Like, I'm like,
5: maybe I'm eating Starbucks. Maybe I'm eating CPK. Maybe I'm not eating. I don't care. It's <laughs> going to be fine. I can sleep anywhere. I can give you good tips on how to sleep anywhere. There's uh, earplugs that you can get from CVS that are like the jelly ones. like, mm-hmm. And those work in any—that like that works in any environment. A hoodie is great because you want something to kind of cover your head yeah. so that you feel like you're enveloped in some sort of a blanket, even if you're sitting up. And then you want to put— Put, uh, you, an, a, like, a little eye mask. It doesn't have to be an expensive one. And some sort of, like, a large sweatshirt or a coat that you can okay. drape over yourself. Karen, the so amount of sleep.
1: child-free privilege
5: I'm hearing I from know, you right I now. I
1: know, <laughs> I if- know only I could do that there is you I, children do not leave you alone ever no that, the second you have a kid you are never ever left alone unless you're traveling without them that's great traveling alone tips but as Kara knows or she, with other adults or with any other adults oh, or if you're, I you're traveling don't trust, to work I, I don't you know. trust other adults to be vigilant enough with, <laughs> uh, like the juniper is is like a she is she isn't she is a writer's room of ideas for how to fuck shit up. Constantly <laughs> co- coming out with pitches. What if I pull this down? What if I put my yeah. hand in here? And it's like nobody, you basically need like two sets of eyes on her in order to Yes, start. I'm not giving tips for
5: parent travel. <laughs> I mean, I think I actually think it's a different category. Yeah, yeah. yeah truly. There's not like a, it's not the same. I'm talking about It's like traveling. It's, it's, I'm talking about any human who's traveling for work, any human who's traveling with a partner, with like, oh, who, yeah. you know what I mean? We like,
1: traveled with like a, a 55 pound dog in airports, and it was easier mm. than traveling with a kid by car. Um, oh, yeah.
6: <laughs> um, Carol, what are your, like, personal rules, your planner? How do you plan? Well, I'm with Alyssa. I, tr- I do try to get there early, all that. I just think also— TSA pre-check, like get TSA pre-check if Mm -hmm. you are traveling domestically in the United States. Because I think when it first happened, I was like, what is this? Class warfare, like certain people get to go (laughs) on first. It's $80 for five years. Like it's like 20 bucks a year, not even. And it's so worth it even if you travel two times a year.
7: And a lot of credit cards reimburse it.
6: Oh, amazing. Like I just think getting, and at the holidays, TSA pre is probably like a crapshoot anyway, but that's my tip. Like I tell even my in-laws come to visit us like once a year and I'm like, get TSA Preject. I know it's like just because it's just not taking your shoes off, not taking out your computer, all that stuff is so helpful. Or
2: clear. Clear is good too. Oh, yeah. I
6: I, I haven't given my eyeballs to clear yet, but I'm thinking (laughs) about it. Um, But my other like tip is like when i'm traveling with kids cuz i would love to not check a bag but if i'm going away for 2 weeks with like a family of 4 we have bags i do curbside and i always thought that was like when i was growing up my mom always did um they pump her gas for her and i was like then when i started driving i was like why are you doing this like that seems so dumb just pump your own gas so curbside felt like that to me like like basically having someone pump your own gas but now i'm like you got to do it you just get off at the airport unload everything onto a person and then you're free and you just have like your kids in the stroller and their little backpacks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you got to do that. Um, My rules are direct flights only. Oh, yeah. Direct flights only over busy times of the year. And that does complicate things for me because my in-laws are from Pittsburgh and there are no, no direct, direct
6: flights, flights to Pittsburgh. We're in, my relatives are um Morgantown and we have to go to Pittsburgh. Okay,
1: so yeah. th- that brings up an important point. Pittsburgh is in Appalachia. Yeah. It is literally in Appalachia. But if you Ye- tell someone from Pittsburgh that, they get very mad at you. <laughs> but it is. It is geographically. Ye- and the get real mad when we tell you you're in Appalachia. And, and like, it, it, look at a map of the Appalachia. It is in Appalachia. And I was telling my husband that I was going to be stressed out by traveling to Pittsburgh with a child over the holidays. Plus, we don't know who's going to take care of our pets because we're going to a place that does not have direct flights to yeah. it. and The I, only direct flight
6: from Pittsburgh to L.A. is on Spirit. Yeah. Oh, and I will not do that. That's
7: nope. even worse. <laughs>
6: absolutely <laughs> so it's like, not. And I think it, it's like $1,000. I mean, it's like an it's, insane flight that it's like, who's taking this? I think that they put it up not. and then they cancel it because I don't think anyone buys Yeah, yeah it's, it's just
1: not – it's not very it, – it is just not conducive to a peaceful – Time. It is yeah. not a nice way to start. So, anyway, what we're going to do this year, um, because we can't get, because there's no direct flights to Pittsburgh, is my husband and daughter are going to go to Pittsburgh. And spend Christmas there. I'm going to stay home and take care of our elderly pets, both of whom are have varying degrees oh, of no. like, end-of-life illnesses. No, um, no they're, they'll are they're they'll live. Yeah. It's just like a maintenance. We can't like travel with yeah. this dog that's got can't, like— Can't like board them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. my cat, when I boarded her the last time, she tried to die. She got so <laughs> mad at me, she tried to die. So direct flights only. Hell yeah. <laughs> no the Cat has the, swag. You guys have the same attitude, Karen.
6: Not. My cat and you. Hell yeah. <laughs> Seriously. They're like, I don't care about any of my shit. My litter box, let it burn.
5: Yeah, I was like, my favorite part of this podcast is looking over at Dana while we listen to you guys talk about Appalachian. And we're like, huh. And having kids. Interesting. Yeah. And we're like, huh. Yeah, that seems uh, hard. Phrase, I have to say, the phrase child-free privilege— I don't know about that phrase because it's I don't know I about was, that phrase that's okay. not exactly the same as a there thing are you ways, can't control there are ways that your life
1: changes after you have children that you don't necessarily wrap your mind around yeah. before it happens and so there are things that you take for granted as someone without kids but the Where languaging like bliss- of that
5: sounds like white privilege well I think <laughs> that like and it's and that is not a choice and so I think there's a. I, I don't I mean I'm just saying I'm like I'm surprised how much I bumped on that you could <laughs> say child
7: free Advantage, because we have yeah. advantage A thousand percent. Okay.
5: Child-free advantage, Child-free, I hear. child-free
7: yeah. ignorance. That's what I'll say. <laughs> it's child-free
1: ignorance. Um, okay, so anyway, direct flights only. I also have, like, uh, a toiletry bag that I always have in my suitcase that is always packed. Yep. So I don't need to, like, the night before oh, yeah. be like, do I have this? Do I have this? Do I have this? I have, like, a dual set of makeup that is in tiny sizes, and it's always packed. Um, and then I also, uh, I also, like, give myself some time and uh, try to figure out before I land where I need to catch the Uber so that I can get out of the Mm -hmm. plane and immediately – so I'm not, like, looking for signs or whatever. I'm, like – I try to be, like, the first – I try to win the plane race. (laughs) I, like, try to win the race. I I book it once I get out of the plane. Um, And so those are my, my, like, main travel hacks, I think. And then if you're traveling by car, we've done a ton of road trips. Um, No more than two eight-hour days in a row – Like, if you're gonna drive eight hours, you can drive eight hours the next day, but then you gotta have a four hour rest day. If you're driving more than eight hours, if you're driving like 10 hours, the next day you gotta have a rest day. Like, and then, yeah, if you're driving four hours, you can do four hours a day for, like, four days in a row, and that's fine.
5: But, yeah, you have to, like, really space out the long drives. So, I will say, I travel travel, uh, in chaos. I live in chaos. And I treat the whole thing like an adventure and, like, I'm in it for the exercise and the aerobic (laughs) activity. But... I think I'm the only person on this panel who hasn't written a book. Uh, I haven't, know, written, I haven't and that, written a book. <laughs> and that takes a lot of planning. I mean, just, just, uh, at least two of these bitches have written a lot of books, and then two of them have a bunch of kids. And that takes a lot of, a
4: lot of planning it
5: is, activities, it and is, I don't have a book. It is
7: not a great thing to always be worried about every possible contingency and to protect against it. But I do not like physical discomfort, and so it is a a mantle I'm
2: willing to take (laughs) on to protect myself. For anyone who travels by train, specifically Amtrak, in many of the bigger stations, there's something called Red Cap Service. They are lovely people who have Red Caps, and they will help you with your bags. But the truth is, you don't have to have a lot of bags. You can just go up and say, I would like Red Cap, and someone will come help you with your tiny bag, but you get to go board the train first. Ooh. And so a all hack. you have to do is pay a tip. You uh, how, mu- tip how much? How much is the tip? Just, yeah, I usually give twenty bucks. I mean, that's. They're doing me a solid. And, and they take you down, but then you can get the exact seat that you want. You can get a window. Like for me, I don't like the sun. It's depending on the time of day. I don't want the sun shining in my face. This is why pool, you need that hood. Many hours.
6: <laughs> well, exactly.
2: I'm, but I'm just saying red cap for especially people with kids. A lot of people don't know it exists. It is super, super. Yeah.
6: I love train travel. I do, too. Can we talk
1: about how I'm obsessed with trains? I am, too. It is an egregious that we don't I have know. more
7: trains. Taking trains in Europe and like, taking the channel from England to France is, like... You just walk on, and you're on a train, and then you're in Paris. Yeah. It's, like, the best thing in the world. Yeah. I remember there, when I lived on the East
1: Coast, it was, like, my favorite way to travel. Like, why wouldn't you take yeah. the Acela? It, t- it costs about the same as a, a plane ticket from New York to D.C., but the experience is so much more pleasant.
7: It's in so much Providence, more pleasant. I went to a school in Providence, and the minute that I could afford, I used to, when I needed to go to New York, take, like, the bus. And the minute that I could afford to take the train, I was like, I'm I an international it. businesswoman. <laughs> that I, I would, like— I. Bought like a new J Crew jacket. I like felt very. Yeah. it was the, the height of sophistication.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa, I love the Vermonter. The Vermonter, the Vermonter train is a goes, wonderful, it's wonderful so train. Great. Except, Beautiful. You know, the-
2: The problem is now there are – we need some infrastructure investment in our country because I'm supposed – I was supposed to take the train down to the city tonight uh, and it's canceled and I was like, okay, well, I'll book for tomorrow morning and it's still canceled because there's apparently some building over the tracks that's going to fall down or something. I'm like, no, this is is inconvenient. This Uh, is inconvenient, but otherwise highly convenient.
1: It just – I just feel like we – I don't know. It seems, like, ridiculous to me that we haven't been like, hey, guess what? Uh, climate change making flight flying a lot more, like, erratically available, you know? Like, yeah. if we're going to have, like, a lot more intense blizzards, intense hurricane seasons, intense storms, weird weather, we can't just, like— Oh, and in Phoenix, sometimes it's so hot, planes can't take off. Like, we need to maybe plan for some resiliency around, like, totally. long-distance travel, and we're sort of just not— we're just kind of like, nah, you know what? The kids will figure it out. Yeah, Give but us more trains. Honestly, the kids I will figure it out should be on the seal of the U.S. Instead of E Pluribus Unum, it should be <laughs> that the kids will figure it out because that's what they've done <laughs> since the founding of this country. And none of the kids have figured it out. <laughs> I, uh, I I wish that there were trains. There's like a surf rider
6: on the West Coast that'll take you down to San Oh, Diego. yeah. But half the time you can't take it because the ocean is like the this coast is crumbling. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's the the surf
1: faller or the surf derailer. <laughs> um okay. So how so are there things that people do in air travel that you're just like them not doing it would improve the experience.
5: Like what how could oh air my travel God, be improved? How long do we have? Uh, yeah. I mean that's why I got those earplugs and that hoodie. You know what I mean? So I don't have to look at anyone or that's my that's my that's my Gen Z equivalent of Alyssa's noise-canceling headphones. It's like, this is what keeps me safe and calm. Yeah, is this just uh, not
1: paying attention to anything that's going on?
5: I can sleep anywhere. I don't think you understand the level to which I say I can sleep anywhere. It's a skill that, like, it's a lot of like Taika Waititi. Have you seen? Like, he can nap anywhere. Uh-huh. There's these videos of like Will Smith napping anywhere, and I was like, I share this skill. That's amazing with these people. It's like
1: CEOs that only need four hours of sleep. No,
5: no, it's it's the opposite. Yeah, you can
1: you can sleep anywhere. That's yeah. great, Eliza. How would you? Like, what are some general conduct rules on planes that you would like to see either enforced or, like, obeyed? Okay.
2: So I don't know if these are laws, but they should be common courtesy, which is that if you are on a plane that is supposed to have people sleeping on it, Please shut your window shade. Yes. Like I can't, I will book a window. Like I can't tell you the level of rage that I can get to if I have gone through so much trouble so as to book myself on the the window seat so that I can control the shade. But then someone who is sitting somewhere where their open window is like the sun blinding me, it drives me so crazy. I have asked flight attendants, like, can you please have that person shut their window shade? Like, I just think it's so rude. It is the thing that drives me crazy. That and bringing food that stinks on the plane. Oh my God. That just, that smell is going to be there for a long time. Just Get turkey. You don't need tuna.
6: <laughs> There's nothing I hate more than a person just staring out their window at the wonderment of like the miracle of flight. Like I'm just like shut that shade. Shut like, the shade. You get. Well, you get it. Shade. We're in
7: the clouds. It's gorgeous. Shut the fucking shade. <laughs> Can I say my least favorite thing is after a flight lands when people stand up before the door is even opened. Uh-huh. You're like, why are we crowding these aisles with yes. these low ceilings? Ugh. We're in the back. One, the door has to open. Then first class will file out. Then people will gradually come. Give it a minute. We don't need yeah. to feel like cattle right now.
5: I just a friend of mine said this to me once. He said, "When I get mad, I get mad about a lot of stuff. I'm a comic. Mm-hmm. That's and part of, of your job. It's part yeah, of your yeah, job, you, have to. you get yeah, it's part of your job. And he's like, you just got to remember, like, eight out of ten people are bad at their jobs that's what i was so why are you like it's not it's truly not personal they're not doing it to you they're just doing it poorly that's just how they're doing it that's how they're doing it in their life and let it wash over you surrender surrender to the wave of shit and you will be so much happier the level of blood pressure over a fucking window shade guys no i'm trying
6: to sleep girl I'm trying to sleep and I'm, like it's always but why don't somebody.
5: But why don't you have the eye patches? Why? I don't like eye patches. You don't, but get, that in front light. of your
7: face. You can control that. You like control. You can like control. through an eye patch. I will yeah. say that.
5: I feel like you can. I I not if you get a
1: great one. Get a great one. I think it's frustrating because. I know what I'm gifting these two <laughs> people But because it's frustrating to know that you exist in a world with people that have so little self-awareness yes! and common courtesy. Yeah. Like so You've beyond. seen
5: politics. You were. In politics, yeah. why would you think it okay. would be different on a plane? Even it, Mitt
1: Romney would shut the window. Yes, even yes, even Mitt would shut Mitt it. Mitt
5: Romney is not sitting in coach. No, he's not. Maybe he is. Mitt Romney is in okay, a jet no, like, on a not. sleeper plane. That's why he doesn't. Add, think, that's why he. There's never a time when it's like, can I recline? Okay, but like he's ad- a fucking billionaire.
6: Adjacent to like what Dana said, my number one thing is when someone. From the rows behind, tries to go first. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a file out process. This row goes, then this row goes, then this row goes. You don't get to go first because you're standing up and your little bag is ready to go. Like, I hate that. So, what you're basically saying, let people be idiots. And I'm saying, no, there's a system to this. Mm-hmm. This is how society functions. You're part German, like, you can't, right? No. Yeah. no. 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 That's,
5: it just reminds me of like. Karen! I feel like. No, that's, <laughs> but the, the Germans and the Swiss have that, the schedule. I remember one I feel, time. Yeah, I'm also, German. also germ, Germans will tell you when you're doing something wrong. They'd be like, mm, you're doing that wrong. One time, uh, one time, I was like, you know, like the woman was taking forever, so I was like, I'll just move past. Her. And she's like, there's a system, and yeah. she like literally was like, <laughs> she like. But she, I
6: like systems.
5: She uh, but I physically
1: am ta- pushed me, and Germans then I was like, yeah, always crazy? So much Capricorn energy, just so much oh
6: my
7: Capricorn my energy. From- As a Capricorn, systems make things yeah. more efficient. <laughs> Thank you.
6: I'm a Capricorn rising. I'm, um, gonna, I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna
7: say things that
6: people should obey on planes.
1: The feet thing. I think if you're gonna take your shoes off, you have to have. Uh, some kind of a slipper or a slipper sock to put over your feet because you know you can put on glasses to block or whatever mask to block the sun, maybe, but like are you supposed to get a nose plug to block the smell of people's <laughs> stinky ass feet? Don't encroach that's so gross also, like don't encroach on other people's space if you've got uh you are not entitled to the space outside. I'm sorry, like. Everybody, I'm sorry, the airline is responsible for like making us crammed into a space like sardines, but you do, you are not entitled to spread your legs out so that you're taking up space that is in front of somebody else's seat. Mm-hmm. You're not entitled to that. The person who's sitting in the middle is entitled to both armrests yes. because if you're sitting on the window, you have one armrest. If you're sitting on the aisle, you have one armrest. The middle seat sucks. They get both of the armrests. Um, <laughs> I think don't fuck around with your tray table. Too much, especially if you're on a your sleeping flight, decide if it's going to be up or it's going to be down because that bothers That's the person in front of you. That b- bothers the person in front of you. Just be thoughtful. Be intentional. Like, okay, I'm going to eat now. I'm going to take it down. But don't, like, fuck around with it, you know? My I think favorite. just try to
7: be respectful. Realize that this is hard for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Just be, like, be aware that you are in a contained space with hundreds of people. Yeah.
1: I mean, and it's—if it's, you're expecting an individual experience that caters to your every whim, then I guess— make enough money to fly private or you know deal with some of the pratfalls of of flying with a bunch of people okay we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we've got a special holiday edition of i feel petty slash sanity corner
0: what makes the carnival cruise fun
4: The Cricut Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's stay out of my swamp for Florida, stay out of my hole for Arizona, stay out of my prickly pear for Texas, and stay out of my strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com/slash store to shop. It's
0: 2024. We're facing another presidential election with huge
6: stakes. You want to help, but you don't know where your money will actually make a difference or how to figure that out. Ensure you love to take an edible and not think about it, but you can't because you do care. Let Vote Save America make it easy for you with their new anxiety relief program. Here's how it works.
0: You set up a monthly recurring donation at the level that feels right for you, and Vote Save America will send 100% of it to the grassroots organizations and down-ballot races that need it most. Then, at the end of the month, they'll tell you where your dollars went. That's it. You set it and forget it. Vote Save America has already raised $52,000 in monthly recurring donations. Love it. That's great
6: from over 1,000 amazing sustaining donors who've signed up and trusted Vote Save America
4: to make their dollar go further. But we still have a long way to go, and Vote Save America needs your help to get there. Sign up at votesaveamerica.com and enjoy your edible (laughs) legal disclaimer. Paid for by Vote Save America, votesaveamerica.com, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee.
1: And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria, the podcast for people who consider themselves a little bit of amateur secretaries of transportation, if you will. All right, before we get to sanity corner slash I feel petty, some announcements for the class. Everyone loves a Black Friday sale, but charging through a mall parking lot with a stomach full of pie just doesn't hit like it used to. Shop the Crooked Store's Black Friday deals
2: from the comfort of your couch. The Crooked Store's biggest sale of the year is here, and everything is 20% off. It's the perfect time to grab that merch you've had your eye on and stock up on gifts for the Crooked fans on your list. Best sellers like the Leave Trans Kids Alone, you absolute
1: freaks, tease, stocking stuffers like socks and stickers, they're all 20% off. Plus, look out for the surprise flash sales all week long. Head to crooked.com store to shop, and make sure you're signed up for the email list to find out the moment each
2: flash sale starts. Rather than riding the polar coaster or watching the dumpster fire that is the 2024 Republican primary, join the Vote Save America community for
1: everything you need to have the impact you want during this presidential election cycle. From volunteer opportunities to making sure you're registered to vote. At Vote Save America, being an engaged
2: citizen doesn't start next year. It starts now. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash nooffyears to find out how you can get involved today.
1: All right, before we leave you on this uh, holiday weekend, hopefully most of you have time off. If you don't have time off, I hope people are treating you nicely. Uh, we're going to get into a sanity corner slash I feel petty. Dana, you were making eye contact with me
3: last. Oh, um, That's great. <laughs> I'll
7: have you kick us off. Are you a sanity corner or petty this week? I'm a sanity corner, and I'm going to lean into just being like a basic white bitch and say that I— I am fully charmed by all the shenanigans that Taylor Swift is doing with Travis Kelce. Oh, Kelsey. my God. <laughs> I, I'm, de- I'm just delighted by it. That when she changed the lyrics to the—I don't know if you're aware oh, of this. Oh, I am aware. What she do? TikTok made me learn it. Yes. TikTok—that's the job of TikTok. The song is—the Car- lyric is— Karma, Karma is, is a the cat guy sitting in my lap. Yeah. Uh, Karma, Karma is the guy on the screen coming straight home to me. And in Buenos Aires last night, Travis Kelsey was there, and Taylor sang— Karma is that guy on The Chiefs coming straight home to me. Oh, wow. And he he made, like, a cute little face. And look— I don't even like like the whole like football player. I liked when she was with like tubercular British actors, um, <laughs> but I was I was freaking oh charmed. God. I was charmed.
6: No, I sort of like her being with like a man, man, because yeah, everybody cute. feels like she could have snapped ever, all the last ones like a twig. Um, I did see the clip of her rushing into his arms, at, maybe after that same it's show. It's
7: sweet. It's yeah. sweet. I can't help it. I like it.
6: I just have to you eat. and everyone else. My co-host of my podcast has always been like Taylor, whatever. Now she's fully a Swifty, invested the. <laughs> relationship has brought her in.
1: Um, I am, as a catastrophizer, just like, what if something goes wrong? What's going to happen? Like, there's going to be a great American divorce between, like, people who are taking her side and people who are like, whatever, let him play football. He's a football player. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah. So I'm. there's a part of me that's like, oh, this is lovely. What if it all goes away?
6: (laughs) Um, All right. If they get married, it will be our royal wedding, though. Yeah. The closest we'll have. Shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, seriously, I think they already clips Harry and Meghan.
7: Yeah.
6: Like, yeah.
1: much to their chagrin. Um, Karen, Sanity Corner or are you feeling petty? I
5: would say Sanity Corner. We've had a lot of petty on the, the airline <laughs> talk, guys. Um, live comedy. Go see live comedy. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Wow. You get to have a, like a you get to be in a community of people, and everybody's laughing. And there's enough space, so you don't need to know each other, and you don't have to be on an airplane. You don't have to worry about the shades. <laughs> there's no shades. Imagine if there were shades in comedy. <laughs> there's shows. no shades. Everyone has a drink. They feel good. It's happy. Everyone comes and laughs. And it's very specifically, I will say, American crowd. Specifically, it is. I don't know if you find this, but I did find this after coming back from England. I was like, in in uh, in America, you realize I was like, people come to come and they're like, we're gonna have fun. Mm-hmm. It's like in, they're rooting. It, for for you yeah. we're rooting for you in England people go to shows and they're like I hope this isn't shit <laughs> well, those, well that still happens in the US I find at
6: hipster shows oh. at hipster shows they're like go ahead Makes me still, laugh but that's, still, that's such a narrow yeah it's but narr- I'm doing a lot of the hipster shows yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm trying but yes I, I, I for the most part I agree um, yeah that's I, I, was, I was like
1: watch, I was feeling I've been feeling like very sick lately but I, I just run down and I think it might be the
6: seasonal whatever and children are constantly pumping germs into our mouths Oh, she
1: coughs directly into my mouth. It's like anywhere else, like literally anywhere else. You got 360 degrees, and you're choosing my mouth. Anyway, well, I um, keep going cover and then I cover it. And then I'm like, now I have germs <laughs> on, my on my hand. Um, I, I, I was watching some stand up the other night because I was just like wiped out. And I realized when I was laughing, I was like taking deep breaths because you're like, and oh. it just physiologically makes you feel better to watch something and like laugh at it because you're breathing more. <gasps> and were you like, watching? I was watching uh,
6: Patton, an old Oh, Patton. okay. Yeah, yeah an I'm old sorry. Patton. Um, but, I really wanted to hear Carrick Link. I wanted to hear that. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> I mean, I will watch Carrick Link. Absolutely. I'm it was. kidding. Just, it was just I don't like, have a Netflix it just, special. <laughs> it felt so cathartic. It was just like, oh. I mean, I can't, like, it's kind of hard for me to get out of the house and go to a comedy yeah. show. But, like, watching a nice stand-up set, it was just like, this is great.
6: Yeah. Like, a I'm health breathing. benefit.
1: A health benefit.
2: Um, Alyssa, Sanity Corner or I Feel Petty? Sanity corner, you guys, heating pads. So guys, I have rediscovered heating pads. Um, I can't sleep that well. And now I go to bed and I just put it on setting number three and I put it on my belly and I drift into the most restful slumber. It's an old school heating pad. It's not one of these fancy ones that they try to sell you on Instagram. This is some shit I bought at CVS. It was $10 and it is saving my life.
1: Ooh, glorious! I love that. a love heating that. pad. Love a heating pad. It feels luxurious. Like if you're ever driving a car, you rent a car that has like heated seats, or if you have oh a car, oh my with god, seats, the height of luxury like, heated oh seats in a Oh my goodness, this is lovely. Have my ever, buns
7: are toasty. Have you ever been to a hotel or somewhere with like heated bathroom floors? Yes. Yes. Oh my God! People it's, are out here living that way. Yeah.
2: People oh my live God! That way. Is this
5: heating pad? Is it, It's not a hot water bottle. It's. Is it? You plug it it's in. It's electrical, right? It's plugged it's into electrical. the
2: wall. It's electrical. It's electrical. It's plugged into the wall. Yeah. It is. It is. And it and it has a, a timer for three hours, so it goes off, so you don't uh, bake yourself. Uh, so it's safe. Night. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm
7: going to say the most narrow thing in the world, and that will relate to nobody, and say I've been scared of electric heating pads ever since I was a child who read a young adult novel about a boy who used an electric heating pad and it turned him invisible. <laughs> That's what you're scared of happening.
5: I thought you
6: were about to go into like a dark story about like like, immolating in the night. No, Alyssa
5: Alyssa is pixelated now. She's almost gone. It's one of those books where I'm like,
7: I don't think it was a popular book. I think I just like found it at like the bottom of like a library bin. But I read it and it stuck (laughs) with me. I mean, I'll say if you're afraid of
1: being immolated or turned invisible (laughs) by a heating pad, a hot water bottle on a chilly night like put real hot water in it and like just stick it at the end of your bed where your toes would normally oh, be cold. are always cold. That is a luxurious, it's it's lovely. This is
6: why, back to airports, I don't understand why anyone's taking their shoes off on a plane. My feet are frozen on a yeah. plane at all times. Oh, yeah. So I don't really get why airing, I don't know, I just don't get it. I, even traveling in an open-toed like Birkenstock, I don't get it. Oh, yeah, oh, that's a nightmare. Surreal. It's, that's so, it's nightmare. so cold. I'm freezing.
1: Um. All right, I'm going to do a petty just because I'm cantankerous today. Um, so, you know, I, I'm i on a corner of TikTok, social media, whatever. Every social media platform thinks I like this. Because I do like this. I'm interested in this. But, like, holiday crafts? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting a lot of stuff about holiday crafts. And I am not, like, a Martha Stewart, you know. I'm not. But I, but I am somebody who knows how physics and glue Work. works, <laughs> just generally speaking. <laughs> um, or, like, you know— special, like, Christmas cookies where it's like, there's this one thing. Anyway, I know how, like, things heat up at different temperatures or whatever. There are so many crafts that aggressively would not work. Like, and very <laughs> obviously would not work. And it's like, you're using Mod Podge to make a six-foot-tall snowman? That doesn't <laughs> even make any sense. Like, that doesn't—it's not going to work. Like, and I feel like there's there should be some kind of body— not necessarily a governing body, but like an MPAA-style body that rates crafts
7: based on how <laughs> possible they are. I would love you to make that TikTok. <laughs> Rate yeah. the make craft. the TikTok. Like, this is rated unrealistic. <laughs> Doing this <is> the craft. <laughs> And just saying like, okay, if you are a normal person, this will not work. This is
1: not going to work. This is There's so many things that are like, this is a recipe that has like f- a full raw egg in the middle of something and you just put it in the oven for like five minutes. It's like, no, you don't put it in the oven for five minutes. This is a raw egg. It's going to take so long to bake. You can't bake it at 400 degrees. It's like, anyway, we need some sort of like fact-checking
6: craft fact-checking. The craft industry is just running wild. It is They're absolutely running, running. un they're uh, they're unchecked, they're unregulated, <laughs> and it ends here. It is that. <laughs>
7: Mythbusters
5: and, wait, reboot exactly. for the TikTok generation. When you said MPAA, like, and then you were like, you should make a, I thought you were going to make governing body <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> for Eventually, that. That should be your
6: illegal. new thing. Yeah. Then, like, it's like every toy has an age on it, like three plus, eight plus. It should be like, only if you know how to weld can you <laughs> do this, you know? <laughs>
7: okay. Do yeah. you have a soldering gun?
6: Yeah. 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 For, <laughs> for welders. For yeah. junior welders. Yeah. For welders. Under five. for the welder woman on the go, yeah. Like, know? this
1: is a five minute craft, you just need 16 colors of resin and a bandsaw. <laughs> I'm not doing that, nobody's <laughs> doing wow, that. what I'm
6: not getting that. Oh my god, of, I'm of gonna TikTok. start sending it to you Please. and I'm gonna fuck your
1: TikTok up. I'm sure my
6: phone's listening to me, I'm gonna get it immediately. It's so
1: much <laughs> dumb shit. It's like, oh, you can make like a purse, uh, you, all you have to do is boil a vinyl record and shape it around like a saddle mold. It's like, I don't have any of that, I'm oh not gonna god. do any of that stuff, and and nobody should they're filling us with false hopes and false dreams and christmas is a time of hope and uh, happiness and i not and f- trees and, and trees. Love trees and not not frustration and impossibility and like you know look things are possible but breaking the laws of physics is not possible so i just need we need to figure out the
6: crafts all right Kara. <laughs> Well, I guess I'll follow you and do petty. Um, I I guess I'm just very annoyed by child's advertising right now. Like, Amazon sent us a catalog for the holidays <gasps> got that, that too. my kids got a hold of, and they were on page four before all the slots of their list were taken up. Like, they wanted every single thing in it. I watch Paramount Plus with them, which I don't. I don't pay for the one without ads. It's the only one. And it's, like, just kids watching— their little cartoon for 10 minutes, and there's five commercials for, like, Batman toys. My kids are just like, can we have that? Can I have that? That's how my son talks. Mm -hmm. He's just like, can I have that Batman thing? And I'm like, no. Like, they're just constantly asking for every single thing. And I think I got spoiled because Netflix, who like, I don't have the ads. And now that it's the holiday time, the child consumerism is making me crazy. Oh, my God. It's so bad. On Miss Rachel, we don't pay for, like, no
1: ads on YouTube. Yeah, but Miss Rachel, premium. there are so many like. Did you know about this cat cartoon that's on Disney Plus that has multiple uh, things you can buy for it? And my daughter hates it when the commercials come on. She goes, "Uh oh, uh oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: uh oh, uh oh." Is hilarious. And that's
6: my petty. Is uh oh. I don't want any of these. I don't want any of these ads for kids. It just feel like I thought we stopped it. I thought we stopped advertising to kids, but I guess that was just cigarettes. We should
1: <laughs> not the other. Their harmful things, <laughs> just cigarettes. You know Rafi, the children's musician? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us probably grew up listening to him during, like, circle time in preschool. He um, passed up being, like, a very, very rich man because he won't let his songs be used against advertising for kids.
6: Wow. Yeah. So, like, I, there are still some people in, like, children's entertainment that have some principles. He's There's coming sh- to L.A. Raffi is like coming to LA. I think I saw someone post about it in what? my mom group.
5: Yeah. Oh my god. We we'll didn't it up. see it because he's not doing fucking he's not doing heads. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the word of mouth, baby. Advertising yeah. Just yeah. among I the Raffi
1: heads. <laughs> I will 100% go to that show. Um, all right, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Hysteria. So fun to have this supersized holiday fun time panel with Dana, uh, Kieran, our bucket of cold water, Kara, <laughs> 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 and Alyssa, my writer die this week and every week. And be sure to check out our show notes for Senator Smith's favorite Thanksgiving dish. Listeners, if you want to get in touch, hysteria at crooked.com. We will be back with a fresh episode next week. Don't forget to follow us at Crooked Media on IG, Twitter, and TikTok. Subscribe to Hysteria on YouTube for access to video versions of your favorite segments and other exclusive content. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a nice review. Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. And Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. Fiona Pestana is our associate producer. The show is engineered and edited by Jordan Cantor. We get audio support from Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis. Our video producers are Rachel Gayeski and Megan Patzel. And thank you to Julia Beach, Ewa Okalate, Adia Hill, and David Tolls for production support every week.
0: Introducing Celebration Key, your key to paradise.